Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. This morning I want to uh, share with you a message called The Blessing, and this is going to be the Father's Blessing. And then uh, next week, I want to share with you another blessing. So the next two weeks are going to be on the topic and the theme of blessing. Blessings are very important in the Bible. We find them all throughout the scriptures. Uh, There are two powerful blessings that we're going to kind of put together today, and they're both found in the Old Testament. And while fatherhood has changed significantly in our society, especially in recent years, probably over the last 40 or 50 years, I don't think that God's perception of what a father can be and should be has really changed much at all. In fact, God modeled for us throughout all the scriptures what his uh, intention of, of care for his children would look like. And then he gave us and has given us earthly father examples so that we might learn and we might reflect and look at our heavenly father. This morning, if you'll turn to Genesis chapter 27, I want to look at the story of Isaac bestowing a blessing upon Jacob. Now, the blessing in the Old Testament was always intended for the eldest son, the firstborn son. So this would be Esau and his blessing. But through deception, this blessing was given to Jacob instead. In fact, that's what it looks like on the surface. But... As we really understand this story, there's a couple clues in the previous chapter that I might just touch on. I didn't give it to them in the media team, but you can read this when you get home. Uh, What you're going to find is that the, the work of God and the will of God was being done even through the activities of people that on the surface looked like they were conniving and scheming and truly they were doing things to kind of cut the corners and go around the edges. And I just want to speak this word of encouragement to not just fathers, but to everyone today, but particularly to fathers, especially if you feel like today is a little bit of a day of looking back and thinking, I wish I would have, or maybe it's lost time, or it's a sense of, yeah, uh, I, you know, I've, I've been a dad, I've been a father, but maybe I, you just don't feel like you measure up as you compare yourself to other fathers. Let me share this word of encouragement with you. You are able to detour and to mess up your own life. But you cannot, and you do not have the ability to mess up and to detour God's plan. You may be able to detour you, but you cannot detour God. And that's going to be bore out in our story today. Genesis chapter 27. Uh, I want to read the uh, first few verses here. And here's what it says. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, to him, my son, and he answered, here am I. He said, behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out in the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as I love and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before you die." Here we see the father calling the eldest son in for what is customary, for what was normal, what had been planned all of his life in his mind. The father's mind is that he was going to bless 
his eldest son. This had happened for him. His father had blessed him. And so this was a family heritage of blessing that was to go on from age to age. Now, there is a little clue in the previous chapter about what is taking place here. And it is that Esau was a twin with Jacob. And so they, at this time, were 40 years old. It's interesting to to look at the timeline. They were born when their father was 60. So how old does that make their dad? Somebody real good at math here. How old is he? Why is he kind of dim in eyes? He's 100 years old. He can't see very well. He doesn't know the time of his death. And so he knows that his days are drawing near. He knows that he's about to die. And so he says, I'm going to call my son for the blessing. But some little clue helps us understand what happens is that in the previous chapter, it tells us that Isaac's wife and Isaac were perplexed, vexed, and and aggravated with Esau and the way that he married of uh, people of the other tribes that were outside of the, uh, I guess, the the national uh, Israel or the, the people of the blessing of God. And so there was a, a plan underway by Isaac's uh, wife in order to make sure that Esau and his family didn't get the blessing, but that uh, Jacob, in fact, the younger son, got the blessing. We know that Jacob, being a twin, was the heel catcher. He caught the heel of his brother when he was born, and so uh, there was this this fighting on the inside. But here's what uh, Rebecca knew, is that there was inside of her, when she gave birth, two nations, and God said that the older will serve the younger. This was the plan of God. This wasn't just a conniving, scheming plan and plot by uh, the mother, but this was the, of the plan of God. And then we know that uh, Jacob was given the birthright legally by Esau when he came in and fixed him a pottage of stew. You can read it earlier. And so he gave him his birthright. He sold it to him out of a time of, of just being kind of hungry and, and not really knowing what to do. He sold his birthright. Now we find that this is in full fulfillment of what is happening. Uh, she prepares, the mother prepares a meal for the boys, uh, uh, for, for the father rather, and she puts on this ruse that uh, it is going to be uh, Jacob that goes in with the meal and covers himself to feel like his brother. Let's look at the, uh, the blessing. The blessing is found in verse 26. It says, Then his father Isaac said to him, now this is uh, uh, the plan by the mom, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled of the smells of his garment and blessed him. See, the smell of my son is the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. So it smelled like his son. He says, I don't know how you did this so quick, but you smell like my son. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and the plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed is everyone who curses you and blessed is everyone who blesses you. This is the father's blessing. He thought that he was bestowing it on Esau, his oldest, but really it was Jacob. And so Jacob received the blessing. We see later that Esau comes in to to do for his dad the the meal that he prepared. It was too late. The blessing had already been given. He could not reverse giving the blessing. Dr. Gary Smiley uh, wrote in his book entitled The Blessing about this story that there are at least four ingredients that ought to be present in every home today 
and it's from this very blessing. When those four ingredients are present and when they're practiced, then children have this solid and secure basis by which they can launch out into their own lives to do what God has called them to do. Now, for every parent in the room, what is your greatest desire for your children? That they fail and they never accomplish anything in their lives? No, you want them to fulfill the purpose of God in their life. And so there are some key areas in this blessing that we can take away and today that we can start to apply if we've not been doing it, or maybe we've been a little bit... uh, lacks in some of them, we can apply these things today and we can see the fulfillment in our children's lives of them walking in their blessing. The first ingredient is this, a meaningful touch. We see that Jacob went into a close to his father and he said, come here, son, and kiss me. And so it was this closeness. And so when Jacob went in to kiss his father, he said, oh, okay, uh, there, there is this sense that you are my son. And he touched him. He wanted to make sure all oh, you feel like my son. And so I don't know if it's just that we're not as accustomed to this because of some of the things that have happened in our culture or society, but, but we seem to almost be at arm's length with each other right now in our culture. It's like, I don't know, what you have might be catching. Even sometimes in homes and families, we don't want to touch, but there is something very valuable about a loving touch, about an embrace about the warmth of someone else knowing that I'm with you, that you belong. There there is a a ministry of presence that happens when you don't even need to say words, but you simply are are invited and you're welcomed by a warm handshake, a hug around the neck, a, a pat on the back, someone giving you maybe a little fist bump, some kind of physical touch. And when it comes to our children, certainly the warm embrace. Jesus, it says in the Gospel of Mark, that uh, when the children were brought to Jesus, that he would put them up on his lap, that he would uh, lovingly touch the children, love them, and show them what it looks like to be properly embraced. And maybe you came from a home where that kind of thing wasn't really happening, that that, that kind of uh, loving embrace and touch wasn't really a part of your culture. But you can start today by showing someone that warm touch and loving embrace. And here's what I think is is even more powerful about this part of the blessing, is that at this point, these two boys were 40 years old. And so you never get too old for the loving embrace in the the care of a, a father or the care of a parent. And so whatever it is, it's an acceptance. It's communicating love through touch. Here's the second ingredient. It is a spoken message of uh, affection and love. It's not enough to just simply uh, do things and expect people to read through our intentions, but sometimes we have to say things. We have to speak our love. The second ingredient was that uh, he said, oh, you smell like the field. This was an affectionate term. He liked the way that his son had gone out and and was a, a man of the field. Now, Jacob was actually He was a homebody. He was the one that stayed in all the time. But Esau was a man of the field. He was a hunter. He was a gatherer. He was always out. And so these words were were things of his virtue and his character that his dad had pointed out that I really appreciate that about you, that you're a hard worker. I I really want to build you up and encourage you. You are worth something. You're valuable. I'm glad that God gave you to our family. How, how many of these times do you say these words to your children? How many times have you heard these things in your own ears? That you're better than any kind of gift, tangibly material thing that I could receive because you belong 
to this family. And these kinds of blessings need to be spoken again and again over our lives. We need to say these and rehearse these things. Uh, Dale Carnegie used to say that there is no sweeter word in the ear of any person, uh, no sweeter sound in the ear of any person than their name. People like to hear their name. But I would go a step further and say a blessing bestowed from a person respected is great for our heart, whether it's a parent or not. We want to know that we're appreciated, that we're loved. And people communicate that and tell of that. Isaac was not afraid to speak the blessing because the spoken blessing was the only blessing that was, was lasting. They, they couldn't just wish the blessing. They couldn't just simply think, oh, well, they know how I feel. No, tell your loved ones how you feel. They may know it, but tell them. Show it through your words and your actions. Now, I always think that there's definitely room for constructive criticism. I'm not saying that, that you can't ever uh, give constructive criticism. But if the only thing that we're ever giving in our homes is criticism, then uh, at a certain point, it, it becomes disingenuous to give praise, doesn't it? And so this is a lesson we see from Isaac, that he was speaking a blessing to his children, to his son. Let's look at the third ingredient. This is one of assuring their value, assuring their value. Uh, Notice in verse 28, it says, May God give you heaven's dew and of the earth's riches an abundance of grain and new wine. This is speaking of things that are valuable. When was the last time that you took an inventory in someone else's life, in a, in a child's life, in someone in your family? You took an inventory of the valuable things in their life, a blessing that, that they have, a gift, a talent something that only they can do better than anybody else and acknowledge that, specifically speak to that. What he was saying is, you're so special that God has given you the best that he has. Did you know that you're so special that God has given you the best that he has? He gave us Jesus. You're special. You're valuable to God. Here's the fourth ingredient. This is a picture of a glorious future. Now, how many of us dream dreams and have wish, wishful thinking, wishes, desires, dreams for ourselves and for our family, but those dreams and those desires are never verbalized, they're only expected. And so when those expectations are not met, we get discouraged or we get set back all because we never verbalize them. What would happen if we would start to verbalize, if we would start to demonstrate by modeling what a glorious future would look like for our families? This is exactly what Isaac was doing for his family. He was demonstrating for them all of the blessings of my heritage. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is what we know it of now, but it was at that point, Abraham and Isaac, and he's saying, listen, I have a lineage. I have a posterity to continue here, and there is a glorious future. Why? Because God told my father, Abraham, God told him that his descendants will be like the sands of the sea. And then he further told me that whoever blesses me will be blessed, but whoever curses me will be cursed. And what's he saying? He's painting this picture of, with God, you can't lose. How many believe that with God, you can't lose? And so why don't we convey that through our speech, through our talk, through our, our ways of operating in our families and in the midst of the people that we love? 
See, Isaac was helping him to raise his sights to see a glorious future. But there's another application. And that is that we are to help our children to find their niche. We're to help our children find their niche, to discover who they are and why that they are special. You know, every child is special. And every child has a certain niche. I wonder how often as parents we have maybe through the desires of things we didn't check off in our lives, we've, we've pushed our children one direction or another because we know what's best for them, and so we push them down an area. But what if that's not their area? What if that's not their thing? I can't tell you how many uh, stories I've read of people who have taken over the family business because they feel like that was required or that was expected of them, only to change course later in life and really have a fulfilling career because of something that they really followed of their own desire. See, every child has a niche. And here's what Isaac was doing, is he was speaking the blessing in specifics, but also general enough that his children could walk in and find their own piece of that promised land. God loves you so much that he wants you to walk in the niche, in the special area, in the special place that he has created for you. You see, there is a plan and a purpose of God for every single one of us. Now, you can read the Bible through and through, and you can find a lot of general basic instruction on righteousness and holiness and how to live and and even how to live in the afterlife, how to get to heaven someday. But you will not read in the Bible specifically what your job is supposed to be, what neighborhood you're supposed to live in, what school you're supposed to attend, who you're supposed to marry. You won't find any of those specifics in the Bible because they're not there. But God has specifics. God has design. God has desire. And here's what happens is that as we delight ourselves in the Lord, we start to now feel a direction in this way or a direction in that way. And it may be something totally different than what we've been exposed to in our home. It may be something totally unique and and different than what anyone else in our family has ever pursued before. But that's okay. God has a purpose and God has a plan. And so it's our job as parents, just like it is here of of uh, Isaac, that he painted a glorious future for his son. Not all the specifics, but of a big enough design to say, son, you can go and you can run and you can have everything that God wants you to have. Our responsibility as parents is to help them to see who they really are, what their identity in Christ is all about, to train them up in such a way that when they meet a crossroads in life, they, without having to pick up the phone, will know I need to go left here and not right. Now, it's fine if they pick up the phone. It's wonderful when they do. Isn't it a blessing when they ask for some advice, even after they get to older years and they kind of figured it all out and know everything, right? It's nice when they ask for some advice. But there's something even more valuable about instilling within them the faith of their fathers and of their father so that they will know and have discernment to make up the mind for themselves. I've been blessed with relationships in my life of people who have mentored and sown positive words and seeds into me. Yet there's still times I need to pick up the phone and and call and and ask for some advice. I just picked up the phone last week and and asked my mentor some advice. And actually, before he even answered the phone, I kind of knew and had a bearing in a sense of what direction that he was probably going to take on the question I was going to ask. But I wanted to know anyway. I wanted to hear it anyway. And here is 
the blessing that you have with your heavenly father is that you probably have a sense in your heart when you go before God to pray of what he wants you to do, but he still wants you to ask. He's still glad to hear from you. And then what happens amazingly is that even when we've taken a detour, even when we've taken a twist or a turn, something will be confirmed to us through what we read, through a study that we do, something we watch, someone we hear, a faithful friend telling us, we'll find something that will confirm what God has already revealed into our hearts. And that's how the Holy Spirit works, is that there is a confirmation. See, the Bible says that God's Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. Why? So that you might know and have an assurance that you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. And so you have the ability to be in tune and in check with this glorious future that God is painting. But the specifics, they get revealed day by day by day. Now, there's no perfect parent. God is revealed as perfect father, perfect in all of his love to us, but there are no perfect parents. Yet he has conveyed every form of blessing that we need right in his word. And he gives us in just one verse this greatest assurance that he sent his very best. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So as I close today, I want you to see God as father. I want you to know that he desires to bless you. Maybe you haven't felt that meaningful touch for a while. Maybe it's been a little while since you felt that meaningful touch of his spirit. You see, there's a warmth in worship. There's a warmth in drawing near to God that you will feel the warm embrace and the touch of God upon your life. If you have someone in your life that does hug or does shake your hand, fist bump you, then you're even more blessed. But you can feel that warm embrace of God through worship. A spoken word of affirmation is that God says to you, you are mine. And this is my child in whom I am well pleased. If you've never heard that, open up the word and read it. Get a word for yourself from the word of God that you are God's child and that he is well pleased. The assurance of value, well, this is described in God sending Jesus. If you were the only one on earth, then Jesus' death would have been worth it. Would have been enough. Just one drop of his blood to save us, to cleanse us, to free us. And then how about this picture of glorious future? A glorious future with God is this, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. I love the words that were spoken to the prophet Jeremiah. I know it was to the nation of Israel, but I think that I can step in there for just a minute and say, God could say that to me. When he says these words, for I know. I don't know the future. God knows the future. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, Jeremiah, Israel. And then I just parenthetically insert Joe Schutz. God knows the plans that I have 
God knows that there is a future and a hope, an expected end. With heads bowed and no one looking around, just between you and the Father for a moment. Has it been a while since you felt that warmth embrace? Run to the Father. Has it been a while since you've had an affirmation word from God? Run to the Father. Has it been a time, has it been a little while since you have sensed the value, the human worth, that you are important, that you are necessary? Then run to the Father. Have you gotten bogged down in day-to-day activities that you failed to look at a glorious future? Then today you can run to the Father. You can receive from God today what maybe you've been lacking for a lot of years. That is the welcome from the Father. He says, come, all you who labor and are heavy laden, it's his job to give you rest. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Run to the Father today and rest in him.